This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Mike show. You might be mocking me or you might be staunchly agreeing with me. I can't tell. I'm mocking you. And the Bulldog. What is Fozzie Bear's role in this production? On WGR Sports Radio 550. Let's get back to hockey. Okay. What do you think? What do I think? Do they make it? Do they make it? It's close. What's cool right now today is... I'm sorry, was that not definitive enough? It's close? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I have a be- they're, 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 like, they're like a coin flip, aren't they? I have a bet with a coworker that they will. I mean, a the, little, maybe they're a little north of 50% to get in? I haven't seen today. Is that money puck? Not sure. Sorry. The Micah McCurdy chart had them at like 88.9 points mm-hmm. or something like that. Is that the number? Is that enough to make it? 89 points? I don't think so. So it's it's that close. But what right now I think is today, tomorrow, this time is excitement over... Like we've already established that it's a pretty good, likable, fun team right now like that isn't news quite anymore but so not but now we're at the point of the season there's a third of the games left so many the last month has been so strange they've been on the they've been on the road so much out west all the time the all-star break the bye week like they've had very few home games and actually the ones they've had have gone badly you know since when more than a month ago, maybe? They lost both games around the break, right? They, they looked bad against Carolina before the break. They got drilled by Calgary coming out of the break. Um, so Their last yeah. home win is a month ago tomorrow, yeah. January 21st. Anaheim, you were at that game. Yeah. That's the thing is, like, right now, this is a Sabres week. This is a, a test, not to be just cliche, but for what they can do with this opportunity. They're not going to get to play the Sharks and the Ducks and all these Western teams. Not that they're all of them are terrible. They beat the good ones too, but they, in this little sort of niche area, did really well winning out West this year. And now it's like, okay, well, it's the Leafs and the Lightning. And then Florida, who is probably at least arguably better than they are. It's just, a, it's close in the standings. And then Washington, you know, you want to make it. This is, again, it's just cliche-ish and maybe what you read. You want to make it, you do it by holding your own, even coming out on top in games like this. So for the fans right now, like this is 
<laughs> this is taking me back to, boy, you know, when was the last time they were alive realistically this late? And if you can help me figure out when that was, I'm sure I had a very different attitude about it because it was sort of on the decline. And this this team is not on the decline. Quite quite not. So are we going back like to pre Eichel days? Aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. We have to be. I, I that I one Biles think... year, they were not like contending. No. no, they got they got they they had a good finish to the year. I think they might have even played Boy, Paul is going to be with us in an hour, and maybe he's got this committed to memory, although that can be pretty risky. We're talking about Paul and me together. Holy cow. Um, but I think maybe they played at like a 96-point pace over the final 30 games or something of that one Bilesman year, the first Bilesman year. Um, but, no, they, they weren't – they never got to the point where they were in a, any kind of a race, but they, they did do well down the stretch. They were just so far out of it by the time that started happening that it didn't matter. Um, and of course, it didn't really, you know, come through the next year. They didn't they didn't pick up where they left off. The year after they last made it, they were close. Yes, and that's also eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. And that, if if I remember right, and who could blame anyone, not just Paul, but anyone for not being sure how they remember it, it was sort of you're just trying to squeeze in and. It's like when they when they sold the team when Pagula right. bought the team. Was... Well, last year they made it. They went crazy to make it right. They, they was a crazy stretch after the sale of the team, and then the following season the spring was similar to that. There was a game in Washington. They won. Pomaville took the puck off Ovechkin to score a shorthanded goal. I think if I remember correctly, they won a game in Washington and got into a playoff spot with a few games to go, uh, but couldn't they they couldn't close the deal. They they just they got they got beat out, and so that that's that's, that's the last time that's 2012. Yeah, that's the last time that any of this has been like this. So you're talking about a week here with Toronto in your place for the only time all year, by the way. <laughs> um, and then Tampa and like you said, Florida and Washington. Like this is as big a week as they've had in you know yeah since then since since like. March, April of 2012. Well, then. That, I mean, that, that really <laughs> is saying something. I mean, I welcome it, but, I mean, it's been a damn long time, of course. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a big week for, you know, obviously the standings that hopefully just keeps going the whole time. I mean, they lost those four in a row, again, around the, the, the bye and just sort of felt like, boy, I'm standing still here, and teams are going past me, and great, I've got all these games in hand. Well, you still have all those games in hand, and the gap is, you know, you, you did a nice job. You won two out of three out west, and you're, you're, you're back kind of right where you were before the break. Yeah, Miller, Gostad, Hesht, players on, of course, Vanek and others. Pominville was maybe the captain of that team, like, that's uh, that's how far, far back we're going. Everybody knows that. But this is fun right here. Can they do it? The trade deadline is a week from Friday. And they have been linked in a couple to a couple guys that are going to cost, you know, big value at the deadline if they are traded. Timo Meyer is one that we've talked about more than anyone else. He's injured now. 
He got hurt against the Sabres, right, Saturday? I guess, I guess so, yeah. I didn't keep a close eye on that game. I think by the time I got to it, he was already out of the game. Yeah, upper body day-to-day. So who knows how bad that is, the Sharks. Are you noticing that teams are keeping guys out and they're saying it's for trade reasons? Yes. I I, I, was, I think I was um, – yeah, my friend John Gale was over last uh, yesterday to watch the Daytona 500 and, and the golf – and we ended up getting to the Leafs Blackhawks game when everything wrapped up, those other two events, I mean. And we were talking about it, how guys, you know, all around the league, you're hearing like this Gavrikov from Columbus, like yeah, just go home. And you know, there there are others that have, have teams have done the same thing with guys. And I mean, it's still, you know, it's, it was two weeks out from the deadline, and you're already sitting guys down for trade related reasons. I, I don't I don't recall it ever being that early. Like teams have done that with guys, you know, right up to right up at the deadline. And maybe but they even lied about why they were sitting. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but I think it's very it's unique here. What's happening this year? It's the first time I I feel like the number of guys who have been it's been announced. The team has said we're holding them out for trade related reasons. Yeah, like Chick, the Arizona's doing that with Chickren, right? I don't know. I think they are. Ottawa had a player yesterday or Saturday, this weekend, that they did that, and then he was traded later in the day. Tyler Mott, yeah. Tyler Mott. Yeah, it's very almost shocking yeah. for NHL teams to like actually tell you for real that this is the reason. Not just do it. You know, oh, he's got a, he's co- he's got a cold, right. illness, undisclosed, for as little as they tell you. It's interesting that they're willing to tell you. Now it's like the practice is to tell you that, yeah, we just don't want them to get hurt in, in our next meaningless game. <laughs> yeah, like we're right. Columbus, and why don't, the next step is maybe telling you that we're hoping we lose. <laughs> right. that's, that's probably that's probably never coming, but, you know, we'll just wink, wink. We, we, we know. So trade-related reasons. We, we're wondering, and any fan really keyed up for this is also wondering if the Sabres will be bold here. Because they don't have to be. Like, it's it's true that you have to go back to when Ryan Miller was their goalie and Lindy Ruff was their coach for them to even have been close to a playoff spot. Like, that's incredible. And that's true, and we're all just, like, so ready for it. Imagine th- these games, you know, if they get in and they play the Bruins, you know, like, it's just sort of all the way back if that happens. But in terms of management, like, you know, we could debate this. I don't think the hockey department should care about that. Like, that is just not going to help them make an optimal decision. If if you're doing anything to this roster because your fans, you know, have, have not had the playoffs in so long, I certainly respect and I want to think ownership cares about that and even Adams, you know, that they – they appreciate that and respect that, but I'm not, with this team, the way it's trending, I'm not compromising my future for this, for this reason. Like I, and, and that's not just sort of a philosophy. That's also just like, what's realistic. You, you Timo Meyer, who's maybe the best guy who would cost a lot in a trade. How many more wins is that for these 20? How many games will be left by the time they do it? If they do it like 21 games, you know, one, it's a, it's a it's a few goals, you know. Hopefully that somebody else wouldn't have scored, but it's not more than probably like five. So, if you get into the playoffs, then you can add to that. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, 
And but one game could be, I mean, you're in a race here. Like, <laughs> somebody is going to miss out on being in the playoffs by a point or two. It could be you. So I know that's not a dramatic impact, um, that, right, like, immediately. Uh, but it's also not nothing. And I like the Meyer idea, always have, because it's not it's not a 32-year-old unrestricted free agent to be. It's a prime of his career capable 30 plus goal scorer who i have the money i have i have the cap room to take it on um and you know and, and do a and do a long contract with him if i if i pay that big price to acquire him and i've got the pieces you got i i you know it remains to be seen just like how valuable any of their three first round picks from last year are uh in in you know as far as being trade chips go but ultimately, A, every guy you picked, even in the first round, isn't going to hit their ceiling. Uh, B, if they did, I don't have I don't have two teams. You know, like I, I've got some guys here already that I feel like you are pretty locked into, right? Thompson, Tuck, Skinner's not going anywhere for a long time. Cousins. Cousins, Paterka, Quinn. Are I mean sure Paterka and Quinn are learning as they go, but they're like at the front of the line for to me top six spots on this team next year, and so and and if I get Meyer I'm already bumping probably one of those guys out of the way, uh, you know further down the lineup. So where where where's the path for Kulik, Savoy, Oslin, uh, Rosine, like whoever else is coming? These guys aren't projected as fourth-line plugger role-player types. So package a couple of them up. Get one piece that is going to help push you across the finish line maybe this year and also be a part of a contending team for years to come. That That's that's a perfect trade, in my opinion. Uh, I, not to say I want to be flippant and, and casual with these assets that they've got, but... They're not. There's not going to be room for all of them if you nailed every pick. I don't think, anyway, there won't be. I agree. At least not in the roles that they were drafted for. I agree. I think it does make sense. You had three first-round picks last year. You have three seconds next year or this year coming up, if that is worth anything. Just, you know, after that, philosophically, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm before you started talking, I'm talking about like why, what, what kind of trades you don't want to make in this at this moment in time. But yes, this kind of thing where it can be for the long term, it has to be for it to be worth doing. Then um, I'm certainly at least open to that. Maybe I even want to do that. Then then you have to figure out. Like say you have the beginnings of a conversation here, San Jose, two players, a first round pick. You know, is that already too much? Depends on the players, I guess. Then you have to use, and I think the Sabres would probably trust themselves very much, these these new Sabres, the post-Jason Botterill Sabres, with what they've built in their front office. You have to, you. I would assume, they would trust themselves in terms of evaluation very much. And which of these young guys, so tough to know, but you know what to look for, good or bad, and then have to make a call on which of them, you know, you... You trade one of these first-round picks in a trade like this, it can haunt you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 
that's how it goes sometimes because, you know, you pick the wrong one or something. But then that's, that's the game we're playing. Yep. Kulik, to me, reads like the guy that would be that the, the guy that you don't want to part with right now, which might end up meaning that he's the guy that if San Jose yes. were to really earnestly get into this with you, they might be like, I'm hanging up on you if you don't want to include him in the deal. He was outstanding at the World Juniors. He's had a nice year, his first year here in North America, uh, playing for Rochester. And, you know, that, that, could, that could be a guy you, you, you'd rather not part with. But I'm, I'm here to tell you I would do it in, in the right trade. And Meyer, to me, is the right trade. Like, I have no interest in parting with any of these assets at all for a rental like Patrick Kane. I, I just, I, I mean, if it needs to be said. Uh, even because I feel like it's so obvious that the time would not be right for them to make that sort of move. I don't need to sacrifice. Even if I don't have room for all these guys, that is not a good return on that investment. If, if those guys are uh, have 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 decent value, these these prospects on the trade market, I'm not burning it on a guy I'm going to have for 20 games. He's 34 years old. No eight, thanks. Eight oh three oh five fifty forty saber thoughts here as we talk. See that Sneaky Joe compiled most Sabres goals per president on President's I, Day. I, I think I did. I think I did see that. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I don't have. I don't. Tell me more. Who are the two Sabres to have scored? Oh, can I actually spit this out right the first time? All right. Who are the two Sabres to have scored the most goals under more than one president? In, in more than one presidential periods in American history, two Sabres have, they, they claim two presidents. You got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. that's yes. it, that's it. Well, Parole played his entire career here, scored a lot, and would have been, what, Nixon, Gerald Ford, into Jimmy Carter, even beyond, um, even into Reagan. However... He only gets one. He only only one president was president for when a period of years went by and Gilbert Perro scored more than any other Saber. <laughs> okay. Jimmy Carter. Who, by the way, gotta wish him well right now, Jimmy Carter. Yeah, for sure. That's a that's a that's a hell of a man right there. Perot uh, was the Sabres leading scorer in the Carter admi- during the Carter administration, but okay. that's the only one he, he has claim to. Um I want to guess Miro Shatan? No. None. Okay. Tough. I'm not doing great at this game. It's a, it's, a, it's it's a little complicated. Joe also did Bill's touchdown passes by president, by the way, if you uh, need oh, that. Look at Joe. I know. All right. Can you just give me some answers? Yes. I, I feel like my yes. guess is I'll text you. Pretty, oh, okay. Great. Do that then. Here. Yeah. To hell with the audience. Mike Foligno was the highest scoring Sabre during the eight Ronald Reagan years. Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe two terms is the key there. Maybe Gilbert is like Reagan one, but Foligno takes him down through Reagan two. You think yeah. maybe? Yeah, maybe, maybe. The two-term yeah. guys, they really test you. Okay, I feel like this is a clue then. <laughs> like who would have been the leading Sabre scorer during the Clinton administration? So that is... 2000 what is that 92 to 2000 because 2000 is bush gore so 92 to 2000 who scored more goals for the sabers in those years than anyone else 
That's why I like Shatan as a guest. It's not Shatan. Because no, no. he doesn't arrive until like 97. Okay, yeah, that's right. So oh. this player, that's a key. Because this player had a nice lead by then. Donald Audette. Yes. <laughs> Donald Audette. I feel so happy that I got one. <laughs> I am happy for you. I'm happy with you. Because I don't want you to be wrong all over and over. Oh, sure. I know. It's it's, 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 bad. it's bad. Bad form. Two Sabres have two. You haven't named any of them yet. Either of them yet. Mogilney? No. One is 12... No, let's see. This guy, oh, it's oh, this guy's over twelve years, so it's two presidents, a four and an eight, a one termer and a two termer. Is that ever? Is that a term? Is termer a term? And then another, it's I think it comes out to about six years. Over two presidents, twelve years. Dave Andrew. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No. Vanek. I I, I want to stop. I was going to guess Vanek. 12 years? Over. So Vanek is first. This is all just according to Sneaky Joe. It could be very sneaky. It could be all wrong and just Uh, never cop to it. But probably right. Vanek for George W. Bush and Obama. Is, is Vanek. So that's 2000 to 2012 is Vanek. Right, but he's not, sorry, when you said 12 years, I stopped thinking about Vanek because he's not here for 12 years. Wait, it's 2016. It's 16 years. Bush and Obama were both two-term presidents. 
So he's got the 2000 right, he, to 2008. He, yes. But yes. He but he, Okay, but he doesn't start playing here until 2005. No, I know, but he still yeah. wins. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's gotcha. pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. I guess they didn't have a lot of big goal scorers from, like, 2000 to Vanek. And there's a, a lost year in there, too. For Vanek right. to win the, the George W. Bush section, <laughs> it's president. Right, style. his rookie year is 0506. <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of a spare part, but still scores 20. Then the next year, it's 43, and he's just, yeah, that's it. He's a, he's a, he's a scorer. So nobody from like those lean years, the bankruptcy years, gets there, gets to Vanek's number by by oh eight. That's what Joe is saying. And then Vanek wins the Obama years too, so that's eight to sixteen. When does he? That's definitely right. That's of course right. That has to be right. Sure, unless but he's, gone, he's gone by thirteen. Like he's gone by like Halloween of thirteen. That's when that was. Yeah. The other is Rick Martin. Nixon, oh. Nixon and Ford. Okay. Right out of the gate. What a beautiful player he was. Loved him. I wish I could say that I watched Rick Martin and remember it. I loved playing golf with him, and he was funny. What a wonderful guy. I, he, he was a cool guy. Yeah. Great to talk to. Interesting and funny. Uh, but I just, like, I can remember Gilbert very well. He played much longer, but not Martin or Robert. Like, that's just... You know, YouTube, but yep. I don't have that. You have that. I don't have that. I do have that, yeah. We'll take a break and come back after the update, 803-0550. Speaking of the Sabres, Paul Hamilton will join us at 6. Lines are open now. This is Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, WGR. Being a, being a guy that played for the Leafs, that now covers the Leafs, I want Austin Matthews to be a Maple Leaf for life. But I can't sit here comfortably today and say that I'm confident that will happen. Former Leaf and Sabre, now in radio, TSN 1050, Carlo Koliakovo on WGR earlier today. What's the, do you know, like what's the underlying on the Matthews? Why, why there, would the answer be no? Um, Just that he didn't sign an eight-year contract when he got his second contract. And I think there's been, you know, we're, we're pretty familiar with this. Um, you know, we have a great guy. He's awesome. He's productive. He's one of the best players in the league. He's going to leave us as soon as he can. I think ever since he signed that contract, there's been some segment of that fan base that has felt like he wants to leave. He's going to leave because he didn't take, you know, he didn't do, he didn't do a long-term deal. A longer term deal, I should say. The longest he could have done. What he did is better for him, though, right? Like he's of an yeah. elite player. Like he doesn't have. Why, why take that personally? He's going to reset it. You know, he'll he'll go. You know, to the, to the top of the heap. I think we're pretty yeah. close to it. Seems like a fair, like a reasonable plan. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, there's with that comes a fear. Like if he, if you know, if he hits, if he gets close to the marketplace, maybe you know he's got a chance to decide where he wants to go play. I, Good for him. Yeah. But that—that's I think where that's where that's founded from. Hmm. Just paranoia. Sure. Most but, partly. Yes. It's, it's also logical, but yes, yes. You know why worry about it? All right. Here's Josh with us. Hi, Josh. Hey guys, how's it going? Great. Thank you for calling. Hey, I just wanted to touch on Bulldog's point in the last segment about the Sabers possibly trading a prospect. Um, Bulldog made the point about how they, if the, even if these all guys all hit, they won't have the space for all of them in the top six. Another thing that management and fans should 
kind of keep an eye on or think is uh, they might want to trade some of them before it's the word's out that, you know, they're not going to be NHLers. It's not a lure of prospect is sort of the unknown. So, you know, you package one, of the, one or two of those guys with a pick or even a roster player, you might be able to bring in a Meyer before they know that they're not going to make it in the NHL. Right. Well, that, that, yeah, I mean, you want, you want to, you'd want to beat that, um, you know, like, be, you know, but there's no knowing, you know, like Mike, Mike said it too, uh, you know, during the last, uh, last portion of the show, like what, you could get badly burned trading away one of these guys. And, and that's right. But you also could, you know, you could end up burning somebody if, if the guy turns out to be, you know, whatever you're projecting to be a top six player. And he turns out like Casey Middlestats is ceiling. Like that's not a bust, but that's not, that's not an impactful top six player, not even on this team right now, Casey Middlestats. Right, and he, and he definitely doesn't play at a top ten pick level either. Middlestats. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. sure, Josh. Josh, you have a favorite president? Another, you have a favorite president? Uh, what's that? Do you have a favorite president? Uh, I go JFK. Me too. Very good. Oh, answer Look at that. What, we have a match. Nice. Yes. What else? Were you, what else were you going to ask or say? Oh, uh, I was just going to say, uh, you know, they could end up. They could end up trading one of the guys, and that would be the bust out of the three, like Bulldog just said. And or it could go the other way. You know, they could trade yeah. the wrong guy, but it's worth it for a Meyer. I mean, you you could add a thirty-five, forty goal scorer on top of what they already have. Yes, uh, yeah, thanks, Josh. That, that's what I. That's to me what's appealing about it uh, is that it is not a quick fix. I got to get to the playoffs and end this drought. You know, our business demands that we, we give the fans something to satisfy them or any of that. Like, that's not it. Uh, it could help you, you know, accomplish those things, but those are, to me, those are in a sidecar uh, to the hockey point. The hockey point is you got a guy who's been in the league long enough to trust his production but is hasn't been in the league for so long that his best years are clearly behind him. So you're talking about prime years for a goal scorer, and it's a very unique situation. Like, he's a player who's young enough that maybe it's even surprising that a team going through a rebuild like San Jose is going to be going through wants to get out from under it. But it's it's the $10 million qualifying offer for next year that I think has them scared off. Just the way that contract worked out, um, it's a that's a big nut. And so they want to try to, you know, get a surplus of assets for them. I can't blame them where they are on their timeline right now. I think he fits here perfectly, you know, without knowing what what his reputation is as far as, like, you know, will he fit in? Um, is this team, like, is somebody going to get, you know, are feelings going to be hurt if they bring in a guy from the outside and make him one of the, if not the highest paid guy on the team? I mean, that's pro sports. You, you want to go win? Um, we're going to have to add somebody, and, yeah, he may he may upset our salary structure. And that can be a test for teams because those things can work on guys in ways that maybe they don't even know yet it'll work on them. Um, but, you know, those are boxes you need to check. And to me, it's, you know, it's worth looking into and it's worth doing if, if he meets enough of those criteria for you. Thanks again, Josh. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, 803-0550. We've got a bit of a transition period in sports with the end of the NFL, the Super Bowl last Sunday. So the Sabres, the Sabres have a great week here. Hopefully they play up to it. Toronto, Tampa, Florida, Washington, Sunday afternoon, back at home after the trip to Florida. So they're, that's that's hot right now. Basketball, if you're into that, 
college basketball right now. We're playing for, uh, you know, uh, something. Some teams are playing for tournament spots. Like most teams you've heard of are probably already in. If they're not, then they just really must be down. And mm-hmm. so, whatever. See you next year. So you've got that. You've got the NBA. We had the dunk contest. Did you see that? Like a complete no-name player that's like in the G League won the dunk contest last night. Mac McClung. I saw the highlights, and was that last night or was that Saturday? Or Saturday probably yeah, right? Saturday. The game. The game. The All Star game itself was yesterday. I think. This guy's uncle was a pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. Seth Mc, Uncle Seth, Seth McClung. I I did not know his story, but I did see the dunks. I saw the highlights. That's what you need. They were impressive. But it's not like a star. It's the farthest thing from like a star yeah, player. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, we Robbie Anderson changed his name. NFL what, receiver Robbie what, Anderson changed his name. Now? Okay. Yes. To chosen. Chosen R. Anderson. He says this was done legally, like it's official. Okay. Chosen R. Anderson going by. Okay. Like that? Uh, no. No, no. <laughs> you don't no. like that? No, but I mean, you know, to, to each their own. I mean, I, I whatever. I mean, that's not a choice I would choose to make to change my name to Chosen. No, it isn't, is it? No. Uh, no, but, you know, <laughs> if it makes him feel good, you know, if it's a tribute to somebody or something, you know, go knock yourself out. And, you know, with all this, just some somewhat silliness here, like the time we're at in, on the sports calendar, the draft. So the NFL draft is a little more than two months away. And for the times already we've talked about the draft and the Bills, the conversation has turned into one of two things. It has been whether or not they can do well enough at wide receiver where they stand in the first round to sort of be optimistic about that because it does seem like a year the last two or three years have been you know not everybody agreed but they could use a wide receiver I don't know if it's going to be if if the guy's going to be there and it really wasn't only a question of that it was a question of well the Bills might have other ideas you know and they've gone defensive line so often and then corner last year this year feels like a year where they're they should be more inclined it should be less of a uncertainty whether they would want at least yeah. offense, if not specifically wide receiver. So it's been that, or it's been, you know, I'm always up for this, so I sort of force it, but the running back idea, you know, it's just sort of like I'm just flicking the back of your ear every, well, every day here that in the is, last couple that, of weeks. That, that is an, I think that is a very good way to put it, because that is kind of what it felt like just now when you said it. Running backs? Yeah, because you know me, I don't, I don't buy any of it. Well, I know you, and you don't buy anything. Well, I, no, I, I am susceptible to buying stuff. When it comes to the draft. Especially guitars. Uh, when but, it comes yeah. to the draft, you don't buy anything. <laughs> right. I'm very, I am very skeptical. Uh, and I just, I don't, I don't think this running back stuff, I, I mean, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, but I, I think the receiver, I want to stop just short, I think, of saying, as you were talking there and laying this out, I'm thinking to myself, they better draft a receiver. <laughs> like high. For you know, for for you know, first or second round, they better. I think I want to stop just short of saying they better. Because like, what 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 kind of threat is that really? Like, what am I going to do? Yell about it? Okay, probably. What is that going to do? Nothing. Okay, thanks. Fill airtime. Great. <laughs> um, and that's not that is not nothing for us, but still. Um, but it feels like they better draft a receiver. You know, unless they have designs on doing something really. 
I don't want to say prominent. You know, if they can find their way to some 2023 version of John Brown and Cole Beasley in free agency, maybe that's Paris Campbell. Um, you know, that, that might, like, sort of slow down that need a little bit. But I think with Diggs's age and Davis's, I don't know, plateauing develop I, I i'm not sure exactly what davis is maybe there's still the chance that he establishes himself as more than he's been already he's not been terrible but he's not the heir apparent to your number one receiver and i think they need to get that guy in house i'd like to do that before they really need to do it you know what i mean like get a guy in here and like be able to make a transition um, and I think that's called for, and the chances of that, I mean, I know Diggs was a, what, a fifth-round pick, fourth-round pick. You, you know, there are lots of receivers that make it from, from other places in the draft, but I'm ready to see them invest in it because I think the need is there now, and I think the need is going to be there two, three years from now. Well, it's it's frustrating, too, because maybe the Bills have or have had even more than one receiver picked in the middle to late rounds that could have been, maybe not Stephon Diggs, but could have emerged and really for Davis certainly has emerged and Davis counts like his his career has been really good you know for when he was picked especially but Shakir this year or Hodgins you know losing Hodgins is tough yeah Shakir was just not on the field very often um receivers like just just to get this in the way we've been talking about I'll say I like Quentin Johnston TCU Addison USC Smith and Jigba, Ohio State, we've probably talked about him the most. There are others, and it seems like, I don't know, this could be totally different for somebody else. But for me, this weekend, I read what it, it, read, it read to me, like Twitter, it read to me like there are two other guys who are going to be first round picks that Hyatt, Hyatt Tennessee, yeah. and Zay Flowers from Boston College. Like they both. McShay, I guess, is high on him. Like, yeah. oh, these guys are going in the first round. Like, you know, for every one of those, somebody's coming out. But maybe it is another year where there's yeah, five maybe. or more in round one. Last year there were six. Maybe you're starting to see what happens often with quarterbacks happening with receivers, that there's such a premium on them that even if the class isn't thought to be as good or as deep as, say, last year's class was, you, teams are still going to maybe overdraft them because, like, well, it's it's the best of a small litter, and I got to get them. I got to get them now because I need impact. I need a guy here. Yeah, I think our our own uh, our own Zach Jones had five receivers in his first first round mock draft that he posted. I saw it today. And those would be the five. Those Zay Flowers five. goes to yep. Baltimore twenty three, and then Hyatt goes to Dallas at twenty seven. Don't the Bills pick twenty seven? Twenty six, then I think you. Twenty six, yes. Oh, oh! That's I put in oh. the Miami Dolphins forfeited their twenty-first overall pick. I did have the Bills taking a guard though. That that just it felt. It's not a sexy pick, but I do think depending on how free agency could go, I think a lot of Bills fans will get excited at this pick. It's uh, Osiris Torrance out of Florida, and he's just a unicorn. He is an absolute freak of nature at guard, six five, well over three fifty pounds, but he moves pretty well, and he and he would fill up a pretty good spot that the Bills do need. And then you get in the second round. I th- I'm with Bulldog. You've got to draft a receiver within like the first three rounds. You have to. Or you're just you're 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 in a hamster wheel going nowhere. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, check that out at the website, WGR550.com. We'll have Paul coming up at 6. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here, WGR. How did I possibly ask a caller this hour who his favorite president is and not you? I was glad you didn't ask me. Really? I don't, yeah, Jimmy Carter might be my answer. Oh yeah, I know he's he's in the news now, but I he, like. I mean, I was, you know, eleven years old in nineteen seventy six, um, and he he you know so I I wasn't exactly studious about politics, but he really appealed to me, and following his life and his post presidential, uh, you know, career. Yes, I, 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 um, I, I just I think he's been an exemplary human being. Um, so I, I, I really, and I know, I, he, you know, it, he got sort of drummed out of office, uh, in the end and the country really took a turn in 80 when Reagan took over. Uh, but I really liked Jimmy Carter a lot. She's like, how do you go Kennedy after that? I'll go Lincoln. Free the slaves. That's exemplary. What? I'd say I'd say so. Yes, I'll, I'll go Lincoln. Washington is an interesting character. How's that? Oh well, he was the first president. He was, yeah. you know, Revolutionary War. Big, big factor, big player yep. in the outcome of of that. Valley Forge. He was a gambler. Washington. I've been to Mount Vernon twice. I. My son and I are going to the area in two days. Uh, I don't think we're going to do Mount Vernon again because twice is good enough. Twice, once, maybe even even that is is enough. But mm-hmm. uh, twice definitely feel like I got the the whole effect. Yeah. All right. Washington. I mean, there's some some good choices. Andrew Filipponi and I were texting about this. The president draft is one of our first drafts. That I, Mike, I think it was when when you asked the caller that. Uh, I was thinking, you know, of course I, I remember today after looking for the mail three different times, I remembered it's President's Day. Yes. Uh, and yeah, you, know, you know, the school parking lot across the street from my house being empty all day. Another clue that should it's have President's been a clue. Day. These are things that I should have noticed. Um, but I, I thought. That is where the draft I, – I, I think that was our – not only – I think it was our first draft. Andrew walking in and suggesting yeah. it. saying it's we should draft presidents. And we're like, yeah, you're damn right we should. Let's do that. I think that was the first draft. We were texting today because I had to tell him this. My son and I are going to drive, of course, through Pennsylvania to get to Washington. 
and I asked my son, he's 13, any place that you want to eat, you know, like, I don't think he would know names of D.C. restaurants or anything, but like, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be hanging out for a few days. He's like, yes. That's a ser- Like, really? He said, sheets. <laughs> of course. So I had to tell Andrew how excited, and I, I echo this, how excited we are for sheets. <laughs> I mean, I could see that happening three or four times on these drives. And then um, I brought up President's Day. Happy anniversary to the President's Draft, and he wrote, Bauk said FDR would have been on the cover of the Lindy's Draft Guide. I'm like, just, that is so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> the Lindy's Draft Guide is so good. <laughs> I bet he did say that. I feel like in all these years that I spent, uh, really, you know, up until the pandemic, and even a little after that, like running Owen around the Midwest and stuff when he was playing hockey, I uh, I think I I blew I, I blew through sheets I I did not hmm. I did not give it the respect that I should have I think I treated it just like an AMPM mini mart basically and I and I, and I get the impression it's a higher caliber grade than that I don't know how much higher but I just like the variety of options at sheets it's the variety more than it is the yeah. quality it's every yeah. restaurant basically every sort of fast food restaurant is in there. And they have, you know, those computers where you can order it. I, I don't know. I'd get sick of it if I were there all the time, but it's only when I drive through Pennsylvania. So it's kind of a destination now. Sheets. Yeah. I really worked <laughs> on those trips to not eat gas station food just just because, just but maybe, maybe I missed out. <laughs> maybe. All right. Paul, after sports, talking Sabres, who return tomorrow night home against Toronto. Mike Shope and the Bulldog, WGR. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.